Okay, we're in Acts 19. Let's ask a blessing on uh, our time in the Word. Lord, uh, we pray for you, you to pour down blessing on us in the form of finances. Uh, we've always said where God guides, God provides. And uh, Lord, you know, our testimony is very important to us. We don't want to have people talking about it. Yeah, I don't do business with that church. They, they never pay their debts. Well, up to this point, you've made it so that isn't the case, that we've always... Uh, you know, paid our debts as soon as we've gotten the bills, and we've always been uh, out front on that, and we appreciate that so much. And that's been a long, good season. We want to continue that, Father, so we pray your blessing. Lord, at this time, we pray your blessing on the word that you would just uh, cause us to understand and to know and to grow and to um, get your word down into our deepest parts of our souls that it changes us. Uh, for good and for God forever, and be glorified in this process, in Jesus' name, amen. Chapter 19, Paul's in um, Ephesus, right? We find that out from verse 1, and he runs into these disciples, and he says to them in verse 2, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Holy what? What are you talking about? And on it goes, and we talked about that at length last week, all the men we're about 12 in verse 7. In verse 8, and that's where we left off. So we'll start in verse 8. So he's still at Ephesus. He went into the synagogue. That's the synagogue at Ephesus. And spoke boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. Three months for him in a, in a synagogue is a long time. Because they usually, you know, people get saved. And then anytime God's moving... Satan's moving. Every time God's doing a work, there's opposition. We know that. Scripture's clear on that. We've seen it in the life of Paul. We've seen it in our own life. Uh, we have an adversary. He's a roaring lion. He's prowling about, seeking whom he may devour. Say, I'm a peaceable guy. I don't want, I don't, I'm not looking for any conflict. Yeah, it's looking for you. Uh, there's no neutral here. There's no, uh, you know, I, I, here's my uh, tactic, right? Just keep your head down in the foxhole. Don't do anything for Jesus Christ, and Satan will never bother you. How many think that's a really good option right now? We, we're going to tell our friends. We're going to tell our family. We're going to, and what happens? Yea, all that would live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We understand that. It, it's, it's not a mystery to us or anything. But here he is. He's in three months. He's speaking boldly. And he's disputing and he's persuading. And when divers were hardened, deep sea diving, sponge diving there in the Aegean Sea. No, it means diverse, right? King James. I, you know, it's funny because I read, you know, divers temptations. And I think like, what kind of, you know, when I was just a kid and I thought, what kind of temptations do you have in the bottom of the ocean? I'm just like, okay. I don't know. I thought that was funny. But when divers were hardened again uh, and, and believed not, and that always happens. You accept the gospel of Jesus Christ, or your heart gets hardened, and you believe not. Is there any in-between? I don't know anyone. It's, it's, you're for me, you're against me, Jesus says. You gather with me, or you scatter abroad. And we always want to be, maintain this neutrality, and Jesus doesn't recognize neutrality, and it doesn't actually exist anywhere except in our mind. When divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. Now, I want to talk about a couple things here. First, but spake evil of that way. People, first Christians were called people of that way or people of the way. Why? Because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Again, does that sound like a multicultural aspect? And by the way, I'm, I'm fine with multiculturalism. I mean, uh, as a Christian, and, and having been in the service, I took, a, uh, I took an oath, as many of you did, to protect the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And the first, the very, very first... Uh, amendment in the Bill of Rights, the amendment to the Constitution is freedom of, well, speech, freedom of the press, freedom of religion. I, I took that oath as a Christian. Well, I, I wasn't. <laughs> I thought I was. But now that I got saved, I'm okay with that oath. 
I, I, I believe in the Constitution. I believe in your right to not be a Christian. Uh, at one time when I, was, when I was actively in the service, I would have laid my life down to defend the Constitution that I still believe in. And I, I, nothing's changed. You don't have to be a Christian. I wouldn't make you a Christian if I, if I could. I would persuade you. I would, because I would, here's the thing, you can't make somebody be a Christian. Uh, we tried that in the Dark Ages, you know what I mean? And that's why they call it the Dark Ages. We had a lot of, uh, Christianity was everywhere. Everyone was a Christian. It was miles wide and just a quarter of an inch deep. And wonder how many true Christians there were at, at different times. It doesn't work. Uh, would I persuade you? I'm, I'm doing that now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Would I forcibly change you? That's not, Jesus didn't do that. Paul doesn't do that. Uh, but they persuade. He's, he's disputing. He's persuading. That's fair game. That's a good thing. And people get hardened, and they speak uh, evil against that way. It still happens. So he goes, all right, you don't want me here. I get it. I am not, I, I'm not staying where I'm not welcome. He departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. I like this teacher, Tyrannus. The school of Tyrannus, obviously, this guy's a teacher. Say, so why do you like him? We don't know anything about him. I know his name. His name is Tyrant. I love that. <laughs> He's saying, really? Guess who gave him that name? Probably his, his students, and probably because he was a tyrant. Uh, I don't know about you. I look back uh, fondly at the teachers I had who were tyrants. Now you're saying, oh, I was uh, horrified in my second grade. There was one guy, he was, oh, and, and I'm sorry you're traumatized. I really am. Uh, I was lazy and indifferent in school, and the only times I really excelled were when I had a teacher who was a tyrant who didn't take no for an answer. When I was in a parochial school, I did very well. I had uh, many uh, nuns who, you know, they had this like yardstick. This wouldn't go anymore. This wouldn't fly anymore. They had a yardstick, and they wouldn't mind s slapping you with it every once in a while if they caught you dozing or not paying attention or you didn't know the answer or something. And I did very well. And then when uh, they got lax, so did I get lax. And uh, so I think a teacher who's a tyrant is a good thing. Sorry. It doesn't fly anymore. We live in a different culture. No one's got a yardstick. Nobody's walking around traumatizing kids, hitting the back of the desk and snapping them to attention or hitting them or anything like that. And I think that's a good thing. I'm not pro-teacher hitting students, okay? Uh, back in the day, uh, when you, and it's funny, you paid for that education, parochial school, and they... They wouldn't mind. Yeah, some of you guys, we've talked about this in parochial schools before. And then, and then so when you, the, the nun yells at you or hits you or something like that, don't go home and complain to mom. That was a, we, we figured that out early along. Like, uh, and so my mom would freak out. Oh, what did you do to make that poor sister have to stop uh, and uh, you know, hit you with a, and yell at you and stuff like that? So then you were kind of like in this double jeopardy situation. So... Anyway, I like teachers who don't take no for an answer and have a high expectation. I think this guy, for all we know, I think he was one of them, right? So he rents this. He's working mornings and afternoons he's taken off and he's teaching in this school of Tyrannus. I think he's renting it his own self. Maybe there's other people helping him out. Maybe school's only in the morning and the guy's giving him a real good number for using it all day. I don't know. I mean, some of this we have to just kind of guess at a little bit. This continued by the space of two years. So Paul's doing this for two years. Uh, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks, for two years taught by the Apostle Paul. Oh, I would have learned the language just to go to school there. That would have been a wonderful thing. All of Asia heard. What do you mean? Well, Paul never went to Colossians. No... Uh, record of him ever being there. But there's a church in Colossae. We know the pastor's name, and we know uh, probably he went from Colossae to Ephesus and took the gospel with him back to the Lycos Valley. As a matter of fact, anyone ever hear the Laodicean church? It's the seventh letter to the seventh churches in uh, the book of the Revelation. Chapter 3, Jesus writes a letter to this church at Ephesus, uh, church at Laodicea, he says, hey, you guys are really lukewarm. You're really messing up here. You make me want to puke is what he said. But that church at Laodicea was an outgrowth from the church of uh, Colossae, which was an outgrowth from this teaching right here. All of Asia was hearing. 
And this was like really cool. So instead of Paul going to all these different, you know, people would come, they would learn. And you think you could be a pastor of a church if you were like two, feet at the, uh, two years at the feet of the Apostle Paul? Yeah, you'd know a lot. And you'd be doing better than most. You know, he goes into a place like uh, Thessalonia. Uh, Thessalonia. Thessalonica, I mean. Yeah, and he's there for like three Sabbaths. And he leaves and it's a church. Ostensibly, some elder would take that over who is three weeks old. How does that work? Well, with the Holy Spirit in charge, very well, thank you. It's not the norm, it's not typical, but God does what God needs to do. Here, learning at the feet of Paul for two years, I think most, most all of us would be pretty, pretty able to start a church, if that's your gift. I mean, you'd know what you know. Being able to teach it when, and having the gift to do that, that's another thing. But anyway, the, the word's going out everywhere. And this Paul's there for, in Ephesus for a long, long season. And God, wrought, and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought in, uh, unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons. Handkerchiefs are sweatbands, okay, just before you think this is a good idea. <laughs> so he's working in the morning in a hot, it, Ephesus is in, well, it's modern-day Turkey, southern Turkey, it's, um, you know, near the, uh, it, it, it's south, it's, it's, it's north Greece, it's, it's in that area of Macedonia, it's, it's, you know, more tropical, not tropical, but more desert, more hot, so he's working all day building tents, right, sweating, he's got sweatbands, and then he goes, puts them down, puts on his, uh, teaching hat and goes and teaches for the afternoon. And people were sneaking in, grabbing his aprons, his sweatbands, which was basically a rag, right? And they took these and, and they took them to sick. And the diseases departed from them and evil spirits went out of them. Then certain of the... Uh, okay, so that's what... Let, let's, let's chew on this much for a while. We, we're told that... The God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. Isn't that redundant, special miracles? On all miracles, special? Now, there is a, 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 a... Listen, anyone here believe in miracles today? Yeah, I knew we were all on the same page about that. I don't think no one's debating that. There are a few who say the age of miracles has passed. That's kind of silly. We don't have a Bible verse that te teaches us that. Um, I think it's an overreaction against people who teach that every time you, you can speak miracles into existence. The, I always call it the name it, claim it crowd. And that's not original with me. Or some people call it the blab it, grab it. You know, they just, you just say things and, and you speak your own existence uh, into, you, you speak reality into existence. Well, I understand faith, and I understand that without faith it's impossible to please God, but I don't think it works like that at all. I'm afraid, I don't know what you're talking about, I don't know what scriptures you're referring to. No, I have t had long discussions, even with a lot of energy, and, a lot, and you might even think they were arguments if you were passing by, uh, because it's something I'm very passionate about. Don't make God your errand boy. Don't you get to such and such a place where I just say and God, I snap my fingers and God jumps. You're ridiculous. You, you don't know anything about God at all. He's not your errand boy. He's not your lackey. He's the almighty sovereign. And I understand faith. But then, then the story goes on to, if it doesn't happen, it's you and your lack of faith. I've talked to these people and said, well, well, you're such a great man of faith. Let's use your faith. Oh, no, oh, no, it's complicated. Once you say, no, it's not. It's very, very simple. You just made it complicated because you, you, can't, you can't back up what you say. And the, the whole thing, the whole spiel is, oh, you ain't got no faith. Oh, you, you have little faith. I, yeah, okay, whatever. What, you insulted me or something? What am I, I going to, oh, you got little faith? I mean, what, are you, what is that? Uh, I get as much faith as I got. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. What I don't have is this vulgar, anti-biblical, making God do things that he doesn't want to do. Now, 
At this, so at this place and at this time, there was these special miracles. Why? Because God wanted to do that. Um, by virtue of miracles, okay? We, I've said this before. I haven't said it in a while, okay? If it happens every week, we don't call it miracles. We call it Tuesday, all right? It, that's, by virtue of the fact that they're miracles, they're not all the time. They're not, they're not ordinary. They're out of the ordinary. They're extraordinary, can God do that? Yeah. Does God do that? Yes. I hear times, I've heard situations, I think people here anything, ever think they were involved in something that was truly miraculous. You got a story to tell? A few, about half and half. Some of you guys will put your hand up, some of you guys just nodding. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we've all felt that. Um, I'll tell you, one miracle is, is being born again. If he took a rebel like me, and changed him into his very own son. And it wasn't just a change of mind. If any man being Christ is a new creation, he recreated me. He recreated my heart. I'm not the same. I know I look like the person I was before I got saved. I have the same fingerprints, the same. I talk weird back then, too. I'm a new person, a new creation. So th there's some miracles that just never go away. And I don't think it's like me persuading you with my great persuasiveness. I think God's involved if you're, if you're born again. Uh, I think that's how it happens, and I think it's always a miracle. Here, uh, and so there was this weird thing God was doing. So like I say, he's, he's building tents. He goes, he's, he's teaching. People sneak in, grab his sweatbands, and they were just rags, think about it, just tied around his head to keep sweat out of his eyes in a hot, dusty climate. People grabbed them and brought them to sick people. I think it'd make you sicker, wouldn't it? Like, get that nasty thing out of here. And aprons, this, the thing he put over his clothes to keep his, you know, um, um, you know, his clothes clean. So, because clothes are a big deal. Nobody has like a whole suitcase full of them. You know, clothes were like important. You had probably like two sets for every day in your Sunday best and. I, I don't imagine, like, so, you know, like, when people rent their garments, that was, like, a big, big thing. You know, if I tore this shirt, I'm, it's a nice shirt. I think, I think Mike and Flea gave it to me for Christmas, I'm thinking. I'd be, ah, oh, but I wouldn't be heartbroken. I'd be able to press on somehow. I'd open my closet, and the whole closet full of shirts. So I'm like, you know, I got plenty. Um, and most of us do. Uh, so anyway, but, but these, and so they took these and they, and they brought them to the sick and the sick were healed. Isn't that, isn't that a crazy thing? It's almost like it reminds us when Paul, um, when Peter's marching down the street and people were bringing out sick that his shadow might fall on some of them and some of them were healed when that happened. Incredible stuff God was doing. This gives rise to, you ever have like a, you get a little envelope, it's got like a little linen about, you know, Looks like about a bookmark and this prayer cloth, special prayer cloth, because I was praying about you and, uh, you know, the Lord directed me to the other day to, and if you give $100 to this ministry, this special, you activate the miracle power of this special prayer cloth. And you see all kinds of weird things. And man, there are people out there. We, we're, I think we're too sophisticated for dumb stuff like that. But over the years, I can tell you stories. And about, you know, people and who I've worshipped with who just fell prey to things like this. Uh, God was doing a work because he, he, he was making his name famous in Ephesus. And as it says here, um, in all that area, in all, all that dwelt in Asia, in verse 10. So much so, God's making his name famous that verse 13 then certain of the vagabond Jews exorcists took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus saying we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches and there were seven sons uh, one Sceva of uh, Jew and chief of the priests which did so and the evil spirit answered and said Jesus I know and Paul I know but who are you and the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. I like naked and wounded stories. Just the naked part, okay? I always think stuff like that's really funny. I mean, I, I, just, I just do. If you think I'm weird, just pray for me then. Okay, so we have these uh, Jewish vagabond 
exorcist. And if you're starting a punk band or a grunge band, there's your name right there, right? I just think that's wonderful. Vagabond, they're, they're traveling, they're itinerant. Okay, and they're Jewish. Jesus said, you know, if I by the you know, finger of God drive out demons, who do your children uh, drive them out by? Because this has been a long practice, because there was such thing as demon possession. We're too sophisticated now. We don't believe in demon possession anymore, right? No, <laughs> wrong. I, I think a lot of times, um, you know, Satan's not stupid, okay? He possesses, I think, a lot of people... Um, or he in, interferes with a lot of people, but he doesn't tip his hand. Now they wear, you know, suits and ties, and, they, and then, of course, there's a lot of manifestations that we just never... You go to take a, somebody to a psychiatrist who's manifesting a demon, right? And they don't believe in demons. So this is, and they misdiagnose every time if they don't believe in the supernatural at all. You may, anyone remember back in the 70s, William Peter Blatty wrote a story called The Exorcist. Anyone remember that? Anyone see the movie? Yeah. Still get nightmares? <laughs> I read it when I was a little kid. I went and saw the movie and all that stuff. Based on a true story. And really, yeah, it, was a, it wasn't a girl. It was a boy in New Jersey. And that was manifesting. And so I bet it happens more than a lot of us would, would know. Now, if you're all nerved up about it, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. People say... Uh, well, if, if God owned you, Satan can't own you. I don't like the way you're going at it scripturally. I, I, you, co- you come to the, the same place I come to, but I don't like the... Because it, when it's talking about... It's, possession here isn't got anything to do with possessing. It's got nothing to do with ownership at all. Okay, So that's how we discount that it can happen. Or they say... God and Satan can't dwell in the same place. Like, like, like Satan and God are time-sharing in this condominium here. I don't like that either. God is omnipresent. Satan has to exist someplace. If God is everywhere, by the way you're talking about, Satan can't be anywhere. And I don't look at like your body like... Um, this skin is a barrier. It is against disease and stuff like that. I don't think it's offering any protection against satanic oppression or possession or any... And by the way, the, when it says demon-possessed, it just means demonized, okay? Here's what, how I take it. I am a servant of God. I am not a servant of Satan. Those things are mutually exclusive. And God has given me power to tread on snakes and scorpions. Satan can't inhabit in me and my mind in such a way that I, I just, I've just lost control. Isn't the Holy Spirit of God, one of the things he gives us is the spirit of self-control. It's one of the fruits of the spirit. So I'm not saying get nerved up and worry about demon possession. I'm not saying that. I would, I would say this. Don't worry about... When, when Satan comes to you and tries to tempt you, you have power to overcome him. You have power. I think... Christians get in such and such and such a way where they just keep on saying yes, keep on saying yes, keep on saying yes to temptation, and they get to a place where they lose that. I don't think they lose the power, but they, they don't exercise it at all. It's like a muscle that atrophies that you don't, if you never get up and walk, you know, for years, by the time you finally get up, your legs aren't going to work very well. I think it's like that with Christianity a lot of times. People keep saying yes to temptation, yes to temptation, and they, and they get very... It's hard to overcome after a while. I, I, I look at it more like that than Satan owning me. I can't, my personality is locked deep down inside like that. I don't, I'm, I'm not nerved up about that. I'm suggesting you don't either. When Satan tempts me, I say, that ain't happening. Hey, get feisty, okay? I mean, just no, just no. That's not what the word says. I'm doing what God says, okay? You can even say it out loud. I don't, I, you know, whatever. In your car, you're talking to yourself, people drive by, what's that guy all about? Hey, whatever. Just, I'm not following Satan, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. However you come to that place. But here there are people who, by whatever means, they've lost their ability to defend them. Because they aren't, they aren't Christians in most cases. I mean, in all cases, I think in all cases, right? And we have uh, people who are possessed by um, these evil spirits, these demons, and these people are trying to exorcise them. And there are these believers who are doing the exorcisms. No. And that's a, 
big problem. So they take Jesus' name and they use it like a, a fetish. Paul, uh, who uh, Jesus preaches, you have to come out, demon, in the name of Jesus, the one Paul's preaching. Because they saw all these miracles and stuff, and they thought they could tap in without being actually born again themselves. What a strange idea. I hope you're not... Well, I just show up. And I know the parlance. I know, hey, how's it going, brother, we, we assume. Oh, great, praise the Lord. But you're not a brother at all, are you? Or a sister, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think everybody... I, you know, I have my suspicions. I mean, <laughs> I think people are born again. I get, I get people like, you know... I don't always assume that. I mean, I don't. Someone shows up here visiting. Are they born again? I don't know. I don't know, right? Um, but people tap in. You, hey, listen, you're getting up wounded and naked. I'm just telling you. you don't, don't just learn the rhetoric and think it's going to be okay. It's not. Evil, span, evil spirit said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know. I know it's the word no, both, and, but that's not. Jesus, I know. Well, we know about Jesus, okay? Yeah, my creator, I, I, I get him. Paul, I'm aware of, is what they're saying, okay? Paul, I know it's a different word. I know it says the same in the, most of your Bibles. Yeah, Jesus, yeah, we get it. Paul, I'm aware of Paul, but who are you? <laughs> and when he says it, insert, who the heck do you think you are? Because that's what he's saying. You, you think you're going to you, you, you use this name? And you think I'm, you got power over me? No. And the man in whom the evil spirit was leapt on them and overcame them, prevailed against them. Say, so this is pretty serious stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Anyone ever involved in exorcism? I, I know stuff. I, it's too sensationalist. I don't want to. It, it could be hairy stuff. Af, afraid? Oh, no. Fear? Oh, I don't mess with stuff like that. Well, if you're called on to by the Lord, you do what you're called on to do. Are people still possessed? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this evil spirit, because they don't have Jesus. They don't have the covering. All they have is a name that they're using like a good luck charm, and it's not working for them. So the evil spirit, he prevailed against them. They fled out of the house naked and wounded. And I just see seven little pairs of butt cheeks running down the road. And I just think that's hysterical. I don't care. Again, I'm just weird that way. And this was known of all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling in Ephesus. And what happened because of this? Look, fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. That's the... That's the key. That's the point. That's the, that's the miracles, the special. That's why, you know, because Paul's teaching about Jesus and, and God's emphasizing. See that guy teaching about Jesus? Even his sweatbands, are, they have some sort of, in God's blessing through, not that the sweatbands sell or anything. You understand that. God's just using that because it goes back to Paul. Listen to what Paul's saying. These miracles happen around the name of Paul. Um, so, and and. Fear fell on them all in the name of the Lord Jesus, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Oh, would to God that the name of the Lord Jesus is always magnified in and around our lives. And fear falling on them all, fear of God, that's always a good thing. You know what the problem with America is? We have no fear of God. You know the problem with church in America is we have no fear of God, but that's for another time. And many believed, came, and confessed, and showed their deeds. Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. They counted the price of them, found it 50,000 pieces of silver, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Now, I have a problem with this, and many that believe came. So you have believers. As they, they came and they said, okay, we've got to get rid of this because we're believers and we shouldn't have this around the house anymore. Incantations, book, magical arts, things of this nature, right? No, I think they... I think they're believers, and they've kind of got a world, one, one foot in the world and one foot in Christianity. And I think this is a problem with a lot of churches and a lot of people in the church. We haven't really made up our mind yet. We're going to dabble in both. I think that's what we're looking at here. And they say, okay, wow, and fear of the Lord, what happens? The, the fear of the Lord is to depart from evil, Scripture says. I, oh, would to God that we all had a fear of God. Depart from evil, it's, 
It's not a good thing. It's never going to benefit you. Not ever. They're dabbling. They're, they're playing they're on, with things that they shouldn't be playing with. And they have, so they're trying to have it both ways. And God says, you can't. You can't. It's, it's, it's light and darkness. You can't, you can't travel both of those roads. And I've always said it like this, because I heard this way long ago, and I thought it was a good thing. It's like riding two horses. You're standing on both saddles, and you've got two sets of reins, and the horses are running down the path together and you're trying to have it both ways and one's the, the horse of the Lord and the other one's the, the horse of the world there's a fork in the road and both horses go a different way you have to make a decision then right but we're fooling ourselves if we think that the horse of the Lord and the horse of the of the world ever travel in the same direction we go schizophrenic trying to have it both ways listen Jesus said it. You, you make me puke. You're, 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 you're hot and cold. You're, you're, I, you're, I mean, you're lukewarm. I would that you were hot or cold. You say hot. Hot's good. Hot for the Lord is good, right? And Jesus wants to be hot. Cold is good. Because then you can at least repent. You know you're out. You know you're away. You know you're, you need to come back. That, 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 that middle of the road, that, that nebulous gray, that's not good. Because we think, yeah, I'm spiritual. I go to church on Sunday. Oh, no, everything's good in my world. No, you're ridiculous. You're only fooling yourself. And that's a horrible place to be. So much, Jesus, that's, I, I'm, I'm nauseous here. I'm going to throw up in my mouth. This is so disgusting the way you're living. Well, we don't think like that all the time, but that's what he's saying. So they brought their stuff, their, their curious arts. Okay, we're talking about books. And it's, it's, it's 50,000 pieces of silver is millions of dollars. And you'll have some gloss there, and it'll tell you whatever, tens of millions. It's a big, big, big number. They had a book burning. That's, that's, that's horrible. That's, no, it's not. I mean, depends what the books are. Christianity, we're not anti-knowledge, we're not anti-science, we're not anti-history or anti, we're anti-magic arts. Yeah, trust in God or trust in the other side, don't try to have it both ways. That's, that's foolish. And by the way, try to have it the other way, trust in your magic incantations and stuff like that, you'll figure it out. Hope you figure it out in this world. You want to go stand before God with, you know, I believed in, you know, incantation stuff. You go ahead if you want, but I think that's not so smart. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. After these things were ended, Paul purposed in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. So he's leaving Ephesus. Um, he's getting ready to leave Ephesus. So he went into Macedonia, two of them that ministered unto him, uh, Timotheus and Erastus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a season. And the same time, there was no small stir about that way. Again, the way, right? That way. Certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain into the craftsmen. I love that uh, Luke's no small means a lot. He always, he always puts it in the negative, not small, when he means a lot. Uh, and it's funny, because Luke's, um, his... It, it, Luke reads like Luke. Uh, John reads like John. This is the word of God, and still personality shine through. Funny to me. Uh, so anyway, the, we get this, we're introduced to this guy, Demetrius. He's a silversmith, and he's making idols, okay? Whom he called together with the workmen of, the, of uh, like occupation, said, Sirs, we know that by this craft we have our wealth. Well, you got to work. Oh, my goodness. I hope you have an honorable profession. I speak against, well, you got, you got to work. No, no, it's wrong. Oh, you know, I slept drinks. I'm a bartender. I make good tips. Right? Any of you guys have a problem with me being a bartender, by the way? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sue's. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> well, it's a living. I got to work, don't I? Do you? Must you? Well, well, I'm not holding a gun to anyone's head and saying, you will drink. You know, they get toasty and then they practice their drunk driving and they get killed. That's not my, you can't blame me for that. Um, I'm not blaming anybody. You'll stand in front of a judge and he's a righteous judge. I wouldn't make my, uh, I wouldn't make my salary unrighteously. Uh, you you, uh, you got to live. You got to do something for a living. I'd, I'd starve to death. And you don't. 
You have to serve the Lord. Now, I don't know anyone here. I'm not speaking to anyone who I know. You've got to repent. You're working for this God. It's godless and wicked. And I, I don't know that. Remember, you know, we, we put these on the web, and people download them regularity, Mike will tell you. So, you know, I might be speaking to somebody in my extended church. Who knows, right? But they, they have this. They're making wealth in a godless way. Moreover, you see in here that not alone at Ephesus, but throughout all Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no gods which are made with hands. By the way, is Paul saying something that's true? Yeah, if you can build your God, you got the wrong God. I just want you to know, if you can build your God, we looked at this a couple weeks ago, we were in Exodus chapter 20, I'm the Lord your God, have no false gods before me. That's uh, commandment number one. Commandment number two, don't build any new ones. Don't Nothing, no images. Don't bow down to them. Uh, they are no gods which are made with hands. Doesn't this make sense to you? If you can build a god, you know, you get them out of, if you're a metalsmith, you can get them out of gold or silver. You can, you know, melt down your metal and shape it in the form of a god. And it might have ears and a nose and eyes and might look like a person. But you have to carry it with you everywhere you go. You say, uh, God, uh, deliver me, and you bow down and reverence it. Wait, <laughs> it, can't, it doesn't see you, it doesn't hear you, it's not a real God. You say, well, I can believe that I want. You know, back to you know, multicultural aspect, you can believe anything you want, but it doesn't make that block of wood or molten image, it doesn't make it a God. I, Paul's right. If you can build a God, if, if your God can get stolen, that's a clear indication you have the wrong God. I left my God out and somebody stole him. Oh, now what am I going to do? So that not only this our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised and her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worshipeth. And when they heard these sayings, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. And the whole city was filled with confusion. And having caught Gaius and Aristarchus, men of Macedonia, Paul's companions in travel, they rushed with one accord into the theater. And when Paul would have entered in unto the people, the people suffered him not. Paul's thinking, I never had a crowd like this. I'm going to go in and talk to him. And his friends are going, uh, bad idea, Paul. Bad idea, okay? Uh, why? Because it's an angry mob. Are they going to listen to common sense or reason? No, they never do. You see an angry mob on TV. Okay, so you're against this person being shot? Why the breaking and looting and vandalizing? I mean, I mean uh, I'm about peaceful assembly. been involved in demonstrations in my own life, okay? Does that surprise you? I'm, I, was, I was born political, okay? Uh, always, always, uh, my family is very, very political. Been involved in demonstrations. We have, it's, it, America, you can do that. You can do that. You can march, you can protest, you can tell your elected officials. Uh, hands are on the Capitol, isn't that that? Right? Did, did hands on a capital? I didn't catch the news that night. Did they vandalize? Were they break, broken in the shops and set fire? To, no, they didn't. Hmm. Funny how that works. Uh, uh, angry mob. Weird. It's just the dynamics of it, right? Paul's going to say, yeah, 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 I'm going to go tell them all about Jesus. And his friends are saying, I d no, that's not a good idea. So they're. Um, They, they suffered him not in the end of verse 30 and 31. Certain of the chief of Asia, which were his friends, sent unto him, desiring him that he would not adventure himself into the theater. Uh, so here's the mob, verse 32. Some therefore cried one thing and some another, for the assembly was confused, and the more part knew not wherefore they would come together. So we get an angry mob going by my, my door, and I'm in baking bread, and I'm like, what's going on? So I jump out, and I'm part of the swept in the current of humanity going to the theater. I don't know what's going on. And so I'm asking somebody, say, I don't know, I think it's about, and so they have a guess, and somebody says this, and someone says not, and nobody knows anything. Demetrius and the silversmiths got a problem. They're defending the honor of their God. Hey, can I tell you something about God? Don't bother defending his honor. He can do it himself. Defend the gospel? We're told to do that. Defend his honor? The Bible says, don't take the name of the Lord in vain. And then it says to Christians, if you hear somebody doing that, 
yell at them, beat them up, humiliate them. And, no, oh, it doesn't? I must be reading from first, first theologians or, or second Hezekiah or something. No, it says that God won't hold him guiltless who uses his name in vain. In other words, God says, I'll take care of that. Oh, my honor, let me, let me worry about that. Now, if somebody says something untrue about God, feel free to, you can say, you know, in a, in a gentlemanly, in a, in, a, in a nice, sweet way, well, that's, that's not true, the Bible doesn't say that, or something like this. Don't feel like you have to defend God's honor. You, you don't. Do you have to defend Diana's honor? She won't. She won't. You, so if you're making shrines for her and that your livelihood's going away, yeah, you better defend her honor because you're the only one who's going to do it. God will defend himself. We're never told that we have to defend him. But here's this confusing mob and all this. And they drew Alexander out of the multitude of the Jews putting him forward. And Alexander beckoned with the hand and would have made his defense unto the people. So he's going to talk, he's going to speak. But when they knew that he was a Jew, all with one voice about the space of two hours cried out, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. My, I, my mind would melt. But this is an angry mob and this is how they do. Okay? And by the way, if I don't have anything to say, I'm just going to say it louder and repeat it. Right? That's so typical. Right? I, it, it's still mob mentality. It's still the way things work. Two hours. Oh, my goodness. When the town clerk... Now, the town clerk, I like him. What he says, I don't agree with some of the things. But he's, he's trying to quell a riot. And he's trying to earn his keep that day, Right? When the town clerk had appeased the people, he said, Ye men of Ephesus, what man is there that knoweth not how that the city of the Ephesians is a worshiper of the great goddess Diana and of the image which fell down from Jupiter? I think it was a meteorite involved. Se Truly. Uh, seeing then that these things cannot be spoken against, ye ought to be quiet and do nothing rashly. Rome is the Roman province. Rome didn't like riots. They don't care what you're rioting about. Quiet, decent, in order. No, you can't assemble as a mob and start shouting and carrying on. Roman authorities don't want that. And so he's trying to, you know, demobilize and quell and get everyone calmed down. He had brought hither these men which are neither robbers of churches nor yet blasphemers of your goddess. Is that true? They're not robbers of churches, and churches it just means places of worship, temples. They're not robbing temples, that's true. But they're, uh, they're, blas they're not blasphemers of, of, your, of your goddess. Don't worry about that. Why are you, why are you being a Is that true? Well, not exactly. I'm sure Paul's going to say, hey, you know that Diana, she's putrid. She's nothing. We never see him say anything like that. But he's saying... Jesus is the way. We're people of the way. Jesus is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. And no one comes to the Father but by Him. I just said Diana's nothing, if you heard correctly. I just said it. When I say that Jesus is the way, can you infer that I'm saying Allah is not the way? I, I don't want... Listen, please... I don't want to go out of my way to punch people in the nose. I, I, I don't. But if I'm going to talk about the claims of the gospel, people can rightly figure it out. I'm saying, unless you're born again, unless you belong to Jesus Christ, you're, you're not correct. Again, listen to what I'm saying. You have the right. You're an American. You believe any silly thing you want. But this is what the Bible says. And this is what you should know before you leave this earth. And make no mistake about it. I'm saying that if it's not Jesus Christ, it's a false God. Make no mistake about it. He's trying to quell a riot. But Paul has been, he's on record of saying Jesus Christ, his blood alone saves. And there's no other methodology. There's nothing God has put in place for you to go to heaven other than the, the glorious death, uh, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to go on record saying that. I don't want there anyone to be any doubt whatsoever. Did Allah die for your sins? No. Did he come to earth in the form of a... No. No. I, 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 I'm not trying to 
be. This is the problem. This is the problem. We, and we've run into this all the time. Are you saying that I can't believe it? No, I'm saying believe what you want. You're American. Are you saying that I'm wrong? Yes. Yes, you got it right. Yes, I'm saying you're wrong. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, I believe you're wrong. Now that's the part that makes heads all over America explode. I, I didn't write it. I, I, so what we try to do is we try to have it both ways. We try to like walk it back and we try to like, oh, you know, Jesus is my truth. And stop. Just stop. Don't be ridiculous. It, it's not always or equally good ways. It doesn't work that way. It, it, it can't work that way. I don't care. Whatever you believe, we're all, it's like, you know, I, I remember, I, I, I told you this before, I, I, early on I heard, I was hearing a guy on the radio and, and this kind of, you know, hypnotic kind of, you know, God is like L.A. And there's a lot of roads that go to L.A. And as long as you're a road that goes to L.A. and you reach L.A., isn't that in like all religions, you know, flow towards God and no, no. <laughs> Jesus says, I'm the only road. There's no other. You're not going to end up there. He's trying to quell the crowd, but he's kind of borrowing stuff that isn't quite true here. And I want you to understand, you can't have it both ways. Jesus is the way, meaning that nothing else is. Does that make me intolerant? Yes! <laughs> Yes! <laughs> Embrace it. Live with your intolerance. So, um, you know, I, the Hinckley School reached out to us and said, uh, you know, can you send somebody to have a Bible study? Yes, yes. We have some guys jumped on it right away. God bless them. And so now there's, they, there's a vetting process. They want to make sure these guys aren't hooligans. Uh, these confidentiality. She said, oh, yeah, we're all good about that. And the last thing they said in the email was, we want to make sure that, it, you know, it's, what was the word? What was the phrase? I don't want that, that we observe equality, spiritual equality, something like that. And I said, uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh, uh, are we all inclusive? Are we all, hey, we're all going the same place? Don't worry about sin, that's just an outdated old, no, no, we're not that church. I was joking before, we're very, very, very equality here. We're all equally lost. We're all equally damned eternally and going to hell. And we're all equally saved by the equal blood of Jesus Christ. And God is no respecter of persons. What I think, and, and I'm hoping, because we'll figure out how this all goes. But I'm just giving you an example that may or may not be so. I'm hoping they're thinking of like equality in the sense of like, well, look around the room. We have a lot of minorities here, but we're open to minorities, of course. I mean, it's just, it's Maine, right? Whitest state in the union we, we live in. That's just the way it is. Uh, are we, but we don't, we don't have a problem with any, anybody coming here, but uh, do, do, I, do I want to teach you how to be a multicultural, do I want to teach you that, because for the sake of being equal, do I have to teach you that male and female is just a social construct? Do I have to teach you that? To be, no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, I can't lose my mind. I can't have a lobotomy and then go teaching. If that stuff worked, how come everyone isn't born again already? So we can't, we can't be equal in the sense of like everything is as good as everything else. It's not. Not at all. You do understand that. You have fallen, right? And when you try to have it both ways, all we see is that Christianity just got really watered down. And I'd be... Do, do you read... Do you know some of the pastors who have said some of the most outrageous, outlandish... Hey, we're all... All the Abrahamic Jews and Christians and, and Islam, we're all worshiping the same God. Oh, we call them different names. But it's all the same God. Wait, 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 what? Allah is the father of Jesus just by a different name? I don't think so. Not at all. Not at all. You can't have it both ways. Listen, I'm, I, I threw my lot in with this book. I believe that the Bible is the Word of God. And multicultural works outside this church. Inside here, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. And God says, I don't care about being politically correct. This is the only correct that counts, heavenly correct. You're going to stand in front of me, and I don't care what your, if you've got your politically correct speech going. Doesn't doesn't count in heaven. I'd rather be 
heavenly correct than politically correct. You're politically correct. You're wrong in every other way. Scientifically, yeah, no gender distinction. Yeah, okay, whatever. But you're certainly biblically wrong. But let's bring this to a close. These guys, they, didn't, they don't rob churches. They're, they're not blasphemers of your goddess. Actually, they kind of are. Wherefore, if Demetrius and the craftsmen which are with him have a matter against any man, the law is open. And there are deputies. Let them implead one another. But if you inquire anything concerning other matters, it shall be determined in a lawful assembly. Good. We are in danger to be called in a question for this day's uproar, there being no cause whereby we may give an account of this concourse. And when he had thus spoken, he dismissed the assembly. So he diffused. He did a good job. I could say he earned his keep that day. Diffuse an angry mob, we don't get called on to do that very often. Um, there's an angry mob outside our door now. Literally, now, figuratively. And they will shout you down, one people saying one thing and one say another. In your head, in your heart, figure out what's true and don't let people dissuade you. There's many of them. And there's just one of you. And it sounds like everyone's thinking you're arrogant and you're a fool and you're... I'm right. I'm right. I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I'm co- this is correct. This is what the Bible says. And I don't care if they line up and they all say, oh, you don't know, you're, you're this and you're that and you're... God will applaud. God will be on your team. You're going to stand in front of him and say, hey, you done good. I know what they all said. I know what Facebook said. I know every time you posted, the, the whole internet lit up. I understand, but you were right. They all, I know there's a lot of them. They were wrong. Just, this is a word because we live here. You, you're going to see it every day. Are you going to see more of it? Listen, Christian America, its days are numbered. Brace for impact. It's going to be a rough ride from here on out. I'm not a prophet. I'm not the son of a prophet, but I can read the writing on the wall. Um, there you go. So uh, guys, come. We'll send us out here and worship. We're going to worship this great and wonderful God, regardless. Just Let's pray. Lord, bless this understanding of your word. Help us make the choices that we have to make. If any, uh, Lord, have their feet in one in your, your house and one out in the world, help us to make uh, a cast our lot in with you 100%, Lord. We're all in all the time. That's what I want. I want to hear. I want to know that among, about your people. In Jesus' name, amen. It is our desire to get God's word out to all. So our podcasts and everything else downloaded from our website is free. But we do have expenses. And if you feel led to give a dollar for this resource, please go ahead and click the Give tab on our website at plowboyministries.org. Grace and peace. And everything I want out dear, I count it all as long. Lead me to the cross